I'm good. How are you? I am doing terrible. No, <laughs> nobody ever says they're doing terrible. Every time you ask somebody how they're doing, they always say, I'm doing good, I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. Have That's you ever true. asked someone like that you don't know well? Because there's a difference if you're mm-hmm. like really good friends with someone or you kind of know someone. Mm-hmm. But what what's your typical response when, someone, when you ask someone how are they doing? Uh, usually they'll say good or sometimes busy or... How same old, same old. Nobody ever says, well, my dog died. Uh, <laughs> Never. You know, my car is broken down. Uh-huh. I feel like you have to, like, you have to be, like, two or three conversations mm-hmm. prior with that person before they're they're willing yeah. to let loose like that. Or you have to be like, how are you really doing? Yeah. And then maybe they'll. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Go Yeah, and then when you know someone too well, they always ask that. It's never like, mm. oh, I'm doing fine. And you know, it's like, no, how are you really doing? And then mm-hmm. it becomes an interrogation. So yep. that's why you just can't have any friends. <laughs> there you go. Don't talk to anybody. That's how ever. I live life. It, that works for me. Yeah, that's a good way to live. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for people that don't know you, um, you want to tell everybody kind of what you do here at The Jar. Yeah, so I am the small groups director here at The Jar. Um, I've been doing that for uh, almost nine years, um, but I've been coming to the jar for, I think, at least consistently about 12 years. So I kind of oversee the small groups and then anything like discipleship related, like partner class or um, like new people reaching out to them, baptisms, just kind of stuff like that. So and whatever else, you know, needs done at the time. <laughs> so how did you how did you get into doing that? Um, so, well, let me, let me take you back a little ways of how I ended up at the jar. Um, so my husband, Mikey, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, he, um, works at the jar. Well, he did work at the jar. He's about to transition out of that position, but, um, he went to college with a guy, uh, named Isaac, who was like the old Caleb before, before Derek, which was the old Caleb. He was the old, old Caleb. Um, but they were on the floor together, and he was, like, part of, like, starting the jar with Chris. Like, he was one of the original. So um, he found out Mikey could play keyboard, and at that time, the jar just needed anybody and everybody who could help with anything. So Mikey showed up the first public um, celebration at the Y and played keyboard. And then um, he uh, started he liked it, and he kept coming, and so we were dating, so I would, like, come with him on and off, but I kind of had my own church, um, and then when we, we ended up getting married, and he uh, he started working at the jar at that point, and then I was like, all right, we're married. We should go to the same church, and so, and I love the jar anyway, so started making it a every Sunday thing. What kind of background, like, church background did you come from? Did I come from? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my dad, uh, was actually a pastor when I was little. So he had this like small country church with like, and there were like five kids and, you know, um, so we went for there for a little while. And then, um, my dad, he was also trained as a counselor. So he got hired at another church and so he was doing counseling for them and we would go like check that church out on Wednesday nights, like during the week. And we absolutely loved it. So eventually we're like, yeah, I think we're going to make this our church. And it was like actually in our hometown. And um, so that church was like amazing. It was a lot like the jar, like really open and welcoming and growing rapidly. 
Um, we went from like a little church to a theater, so that kind of feels familiar. Oh, wow. um, and uh, and just and then ended up moving out of there to a big lots, and um, so yeah, it was really a church that really like loved kids and youth and engaged them and so it was a really I was there all the way until I graduated so so that was that was your dad's church that was moving that was the one my dad counseled at so he we moved from the small country church to a bigger more I guess modern church I guess it Mm -hmm. was kind of more present day and so you said you moved to a theater and then you moved to a big lots yeah well no sorry a quality farm and fleet (laughs) That's what it was. What the heck is that? Next to a big lot. So Quality Farm Fleet's like Rural King. Okay. So they just like tore out the whole thing and remodeled it all, and oh. that became our church. So And that like. was kind of sad because I like the little chicks, yeah. you know, like you yeah. go and see those, and I didn't get to go see those anymore. Did it smell like them? Uh, not afterwards, <laughs> luckily. <laughs> there were some other weird smel- smells, yeah. but not okay. like baby chicks. No, so uh, I, I only wanted to ask that because mm-hmm. like people – People that, like, might, I mean, people that aren't, like, um, involved with church or that mm-hmm. don't know much about church, like, the idea of, like, um, doing, like, these organic, I guess, quote-unquote organic churches where you're, like, mm-hmm. not in a traditional church mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. I think that is kind of like a foreign concept. Yeah. It's like, what is that cult that you guys are doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, yeah, I never felt like it was weird that the jar wasn't in a church yeah. because I never had that. That yeah, sounds like so. that was completely normal mm-hmm. for you, which yeah. is it, kind of different from a lot of people mm-hmm. that, like, I talk to. I feel like most people that... Um, like come to the jar the first time. That is the like the biggest wow factor for them. Mm. It's like, what is this? Yeah, There's just yeah. a bunch of people meeting out of well, well, at one time the YMCA and then now it's the Civic Theater. Right. Like, yeah. What is this? Um, but yeah, that's crazy that you've done that like your whole like your whole life. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the idea of like actually having a church building is probably kind of weird if you ever. Yeah, go to that. I don't like, even know that. So like, what is this? Nobody wears <laughs> jeans here. Like what, right. what's going on here? People wear ties to church. <laughs> Yeah, it's like completely opposite of like where I started in a like a, a small church mm-hmm. about like forty fifty people. Mm-hmm. It was a small little uh, Baptist church, yeah. and like nobody, I mean, not a lot of people wore jeans. It was like mm-hmm. all very you know dressed to the nines, do your thing, yeah. Um, and then it just it slowly, I want to say evolved, but as far as like uh, casual dressing, it mm-hmm. it devolved if that's oh. a word well I mean just like from where I'm like at now like more dressy kind of no less dressy oh, oh, like nice. I mean at, like I, my journey kind of like started from a kind of a very small I would say like a conservative church you know mm-hmm. and then it just slowly evolved into like where we're at at the jar now like for me and my journey because um, the next church I went to I was like 12 13 and it was it was like less uh, less small church baptisty mm-hmm. but it was uh it was like still kind of business casual mm-hmm. um and like so that's what i was used to yeah and then like coming to the jar yeah it's like, oh, people wow. in their pajamas it's like, like the Whoa. pastor's wearing jeans <laughs> okay i can dig this yeah, yeah. There you sound go. like an old person i can this is jet hip this is yeah. jive i can dig it well my pastor growing up his big thing was so he tried to go to church when he was in high school and he was part of like he was a hippie and into drugs and everything but with the whole jesus movement thing he wanted to try church and they literally would not let him in because of the way he was dressed Mm -hmm. and so he's like my church when he started it he's like we're never going to be that way like people come just as they are that's awesome mm -hmm. yeah that's that's really awesome so i like that about the jar that you can just dress how you want yeah 
Yeah, the uh, being able to see people in like Colts jerseys or like mm. football jerseys, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is just <laughs> right. uh, it's like a barbecue setting, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like anybody can do whatever they want. Well, and I feel like that like represents like that's how we are on the outside of the jar, but that's kind yeah. of like how people are on the inside too, of just be who you are. Yeah. Like you don't have to dress up your inside either you know like your mm-hmm. personality just be real so yeah yeah just being authentic mm-hmm. right? yeah. yeah yeah we're authentic from the inside out so yeah. you were totally normal with coming into the the why at that yeah, time right yeah mm-hmm. um what i mean basically how many how many years was it from like that that kind of transition so you come to the jar mm-hmm. dating i mean spoiler alert you got married <laughs> to mikey but um what was that transition like? Like, what were you doing to to kind of, like, step into the staff role yeah. at that time? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I, at the time, I was uh, teaching high school math um, in Connorsville, which is about an hour away. So we were driving back and forth to church each week oh, wow. and to small group each week. So it was a lot of driving. Um, and a couple years into teaching, it just it wasn't feeling right. Like, that school, that situation, I, I knew, like, I probably needed to leave, that God was leading me elsewhere. And Mikey and I wanted to be in the community where our church was, like Mm -hmm. with our church family. So I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? What should I do? I thought maybe I could get a teaching job in Muncie. Um, So one day after church, uh, Chris and Mikey and I were all just kind of like sitting around talking. And um, I was telling him, yeah, like, I feel like maybe I'm not supposed to be teaching or not at this school anymore, and I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, let me pray with you guys. And he, like, led us in a prayer. And I felt a little better, a little bit better after that. Well, then probably, like, two weeks later, Chris called me, and he's like, so we're forming this new position at the JAR. And he's like, I think you should apply for it. And I was like, huh. I mean, I just thought I would teach for the next 50 years. Like, that was nowhere in my mind. And honestly, I always said I would never work at a church because I didn't want to be, like, in the Christian bubble and, like, not be around other people. So, anyway, so I'm like... You didn't want to be in the Christian bubble? What do you mean by that? Yeah, like... I'm offended. (laughs) I didn't want, like, all my friends to be Christians and not be interacting with people, which the jar is not like that at all. So, But anyway, so I'm, like, praying about this. Like, what do I do? Really, like, seriously starting to consider it. And um, I remember I called my parents, and I was like, yeah, you know, I I think I'm going to apply for this. And, um, and, um... they weren't really that happy about it. Like, they were a little unsure, and uh, that was hard. Um, but eventually, like, they changed their minds. But it was just kind of, you know, I had always been on this path of teaching. That's what I went to college for. Um, so they were kind of like, are you sure about this? So anyway, um, I did some interviews. Well, I did a lot of interviews. It was a long process, like several-month process. Really? Uh-huh. And now Mikey, on the other hand, never had an interview. They just hired him. On the spot. So, you know, he's just yeah. lucky. But anyway, so well. I'm going through this whole process, and it's like late July, early August. Like, school is about to start, the new school year. And I'm like, I'm not going to be the person who, like, quits on the first day of school. And yeah. then they're scrambling to try to find somebody. I'm like, i got to make a decision. But they had, hadn't hired me yet at the JAR, and um, but I knew it was, like, you know, down to – it was getting close to the end. Yeah. So I was like, all right, God, I'm taking a leap of faith. I mean, I have a job after this. And I just, I called the HR guy and I said, 
peace out. I'm leaving. Wow. <laughs> and uh, for probably about a month there, I had I had no job. And Mikey, you know, had a part-time church income, which was a whole lot. And didn't know it was going to happen. And then, thank you, Jesus, I got the job. And that's how I ended up here. So yeah, Now we're ballers. We're, we're, we're making the big bucks. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. So in... I know you said it was like 12 years ago, I think, that you came to the JAR, but like how many years into the JAR um, was oh, it when that yeah, happened? Oh, yeah, so probably about three years wow. into when I had started coming. And I want to take one more step back because I am curious. Yeah. So you said Mikey didn't really have a job interview, uh, mm-hmm. and I know a little bit about that dynamic because like uh, Isaac told me that basically, and I think Mikey has also shared this with me as well, that like basically he would come because Mikey was like, we need someone to help with the band or to, to like run sound or mm-hmm. something. Was there a position uh, before Mikey? Did someone have that position before Mikey, or was there even a position at all? No, there was no... There Well, well then I Isaac. wonder why he didn't have a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we needed that. Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, um, no, so Isaac was kind of doing a little bit of media stuff, but yeah. the reason they hired Mikey was to do to make like our own small group curriculum as a church but then he never ended up doing that like we started doing he did like websites and media like all this different stuff and then as you know a couple years ago we did our first like campaign as a church where he finally was like doing what he was hired to do and it was such a cool thing and we're still doing it and so yeah well it's interesting to hear the origin story of that Mm -hmm. because like i have been uh I have been at the jar for for like three years, mm-hmm. and all of the things that Mikey was doing for like I just came in and I'm like oh Mikey does this that this that that <laughs> over here that oh you're in charge of this okay that has nothing to do yeah. with your ministry okay cool <laughs> right <laughs> my like, good gosh please never leave <laughs> uh, but anyway so that that explains it mm-hmm. um, okay so uh, down to the wire a month. Uh, you, Quit your job. Mm-hmm. A month into it, you're you're free falling and waiting waiting on God to to catch you, and He does. Mm-hmm. And so, Absolutely. did you immediately start into small groups? Is that what can happen? Yeah. So it uh, really they had the church had kind of been they had small groups, but like no one to oversee them, and um, so it wasn't really like organized. And they're like, I think we really need someone to take that on. So um, so yeah, I got right into. Um, overseeing the groups and I started a women's group right away um, cool. and then it kind of led into discipleship and classes and it's just kind of grown from there and um, so yeah it's been really cool to be a part of gotcha so like small groups has always been like your your kind of passion have you ever mm. considered like other ministries uh, being here yeah um, small groups it's funny because when Chris first presented the offer I was like Hmm. I never really thought about like being a small group coordinator or director mm-hmm. or anything like that. And then after I started, I started thinking back and I was like, small groups have always been a part of my life and probably yeah. like the biggest growth engine in my life. So like I remember um, in like in middle school, I was in a small group at church and then um, in high school, I became part of a small group with one of our youth leaders that um, it was like a couple and they were just amazing. Like they taught me so much about like wisdom and faith and consistency. And like there were times where like I was the only person that showed up to small group and they would do the whole small group just for me. And I was like, oh, man, like they really care. And then by the time I left, it was like their house was like packed with people. Um, But they're like and now they're pastors. Actually, it's really cool. They have their own church. But um, 
like, that was probably the biggest thing in my faith where, like, you know, you have people in your life that they seem like they're all about God and then they fall away or a church falls apart, but they've, like, always been consistent. And I'm, like, that's who I look back to when I'm, like, feeling uneasy. Um, So, anyway, so then I, like, started leading a small group for the middle school kids. Um, So that was a cool way to minister. And then, like, when I got to college, I started like doing small groups there and then I became the discipleship assistant which is kind of like what I do now but on my floor in college so yeah like all throughout my life and then the first thing we did when we came to the jar was got into a small group and like that was like kind of our family like away from all of our other family in Ohio so yeah all throughout my life small groups have been a huge part so it makes sense so that's what I'm doing I just didn't really like make the connection until later yeah, no, I, I I think I've said it to you, but I always say it. People probably sick of me saying it, but God definitely has a sense of humor. <laughs> yes. He does. He's like, oh, you don't want to do this? <laughs> Guess right? what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is oh, going yeah. to be your life. Here you go. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so whenever you're uh, whenever you're down, just know that um, God did this. So, <laughs> yes. so, <no. laughs> I, I, he's, the, he's the only one to blame. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So do you have just any kidding, <laughs> JK, <laughs> JC, um, do you have any weird like uh, <laughs> do you have any like weird church stories from because like not everybody has a whole life in church. And so yeah. you have went through different moments in your life. So I'm sure you have something weird. Like, yeah. I mean, weird stuff. People standing up and like getting mad at the pastor or something like that or walking out something crazy. Yeah, probably the weirdest story, which... Um, you were ready. Like, we did oh, not yeah. talk oh, about yeah. this before. I <laughs> it was like, I, your eyes were shifting as I was saying. I was like, yeah, weird Everybody story. You're like, oh, which 50 should I share? All right, go ahead. Yeah, let's hear it. So, which this is why I'm so glad we have, like, live stream and a website. Because I was in college and I was like, or no, I was in Connorsville when I was teaching and I was searching for a church and their website, like, seemed really modern. But, you know, there's no pictures. There's no video. Like, it seemed really cool. So I walk into this church, and there's, like, probably 10 people there. And, like, I literally felt like we went back in time, like, 50 years. Yes. Like, everybody was dressed in, like, old-fashioned clothing, and, like, like the pastor, like, spoke all, like, old-fashioned. Speaking and German. That's <laughs> why, but close. And, it, yeah, it was just, like really weird and yeah. like luckily no one really talked to me and I just left and, did, like, and the that men, was it so they well, were nice I, I, but I guess there was only like 10 so uh, did like 5 men sit on like did uh, the men and women sit on separate sides probably I don't it was so long ago I don't remember but I could I could have seen that happening yeah, yeah. so yeah no I some of like my family man I say like all the time what? but like uh, some I just did it again some of my most of my family's all um in the South, Tennessee and Kentucky, mm-hmm. and something I've noticed whenever we visit down there, it's like the old country churches, they have their own spots. Like, it is mm-hmm. reserved. Like, in the aisles, or, um, you know, the pews that they sit, mm-hmm. they have, like, this one in particular, I, rem- I remember uh, we walked in when we were down there on Memorial Week in one year, and uh, I walked in with my family. It was just, we were trying out a different church. We were just wanting to check it out. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, 
like landmines of just uh, cushions, like you know, seat cushions. Yeah. Uh, for the wooden pews, they were already sitting there, oh, like, wow. marked the placement <laughs> of where awesome. everybody. You like was reserve your spot. Yeah, I, I thought they were. Honestly, I thought it was just a free for. I thought they were being yeah. courteous, like, hey, here's your here's your cushion. <laughs> Not the case, Emily. Mm. Not the case. People will get mad at you if you steal their seat cushion for their wooden pew because it's saving their their spot. Yeah. So. Just Maybe we should do that in a jar, like bring your own lazy boy, and, like put it where you want. And yeah, yeah, I can yeah, go bring, for that. Uh, yeah, we could do that because uh, there's so much room uh, <laughs> in the civic theater. <laughs> yeah, just flood just the stick eye. it on the stage. Yeah, right? put it on the stage. <laughs> Why not? Let's do that. Can you imagine if someone was like, like we had a, like, what would we call that? Like a. I don't know, like the like the MVP section or something <laughs> yeah. like that, and it's like the people that can be closer to Chris while he gives a message, like or it, like you're playing and people are just like staring at like you from like five feet away. Yeah, like a couch up there. Oh, on that'd the, be amazing. And they just yes. sit there and ju- they're just yeah. We chilling. need to do this. We could sell tickets. Yeah. That could be like our giving strategy. <laughs> you're enjoying this. I see. Yes. Right now, so I, I'm able to witness a light in your eyes <laughs> about that I've never seen before in my life. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Uh, it wouldn't be weird at all. Mm-hmm. Just having that. We're doing it. Yep, absolutely. No question. Do you say we'll sell tickets for it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Awesome. So uh, with all the weirdness and uh, I'm trying trying to think. So do you have any other weird stories from churches or was that? That's that all. It? I've been pretty lucky. I've had some pretty good church experiences. So I think one thing I want to do before I die is go to um, just to experience the weirdness, I want to go to a, a church probably somewhere in like Louisiana or something that does snake handling. Oh yeah, yeah. Just Put it on to, your bucket list. It's on my bucket list. Just to <laughs> just to say like I did that. You know, um, I've yeah. googled a couple that are just. I mean, I haven't like contacted them. Mm-hmm. You know, just to you know, I'm not like seeing if they need worship leaders or anything like that. But uh, I want to be a part of that just because like I cannot. I've watched enough videos and documentaries about like I cannot fathom what that would be like yeah. to be there in person. We're like, ah! You know, like somebody probably with like six fingers or something <laughs> they're like holding a bunch of snakes. I'm like, ah! Let's do this! In the name of Jesus! You know, like throw them. Yeah, well, you know, if you die, like, at least you die doing something you've always wanted to do. That's, right? the, that's the motto I live by, <laughs> Emily. Uh, if you die, you die. You, yeah. die, you die. If you die, you, you die. You might as well do it handling a snake in a church. Right, that. So speaking of dying, <laughs> what, are, what are struggles that you, wor- like, deal with on um, in life? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just well, wanted to go to lighthearted to really, right to really deep. Right out deep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, well, just coming off of this Anxiety Island campaign, uh, when, like, the staff and I were sitting around talking about, like, oh, who who would be a good person to do, like, a testimony video? Everybody just stares at me. Yeah, the crickets. <laughs> I think you all know, yeah, like, anxiety is a big struggle for me, um, which is so God has a sense of humor because all my life I've had major social anxiety. So what does he do? Put me in like a very social job in a church. Then he likes to put me up on the stage to talk to people. Put you on a podcast. On a podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Anxiety has always been a big struggle. Like God's helped me through a lot of it and good counselors have helped me through a lot of it. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's a struggle for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that question that I was supposed to ask wasn't supposed to be that deep. It was, no. <laughs> I remember it was. I was going to say, hey, what are the struggles that you have faced being like working in church, like yeah. just throughout the years? Mm-hmm. And then I realized it was just a plunge right into your deepest, <laughs> darkest fears. So, sorry, yeah, but, that's um, okay. 
But yeah, so I'm an open book. No, good deal. All right, more weird, awkward questions. Here we go. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's uh, I feel like that is super common. Like, mm-hmm. the more I hear people talk about anxiety or like, uh, well, everybody has stress, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more I hear everybody talk about anxiety or like, you know, depression, it's like mm-hmm. immediately someone else is like, oh yeah, I I have that too. Mm-hmm. I deal with that as well. Yeah. So I don't know what the deal is. Mm-hmm. If like people are just like not as vocal or maybe yeah. because of those things like because mm-hmm. of anxiety they just are anxious to talk about mm-hmm. it or yeah, something that's but, true. Yeah. but it, is, it, it is really interesting um, like those things make you feel alone talking mm-hmm. about them though and hearing that other people have them it's mm-hmm. like you realize oh no I'm not alone everybody yeah. feels like they are alone but mm-hmm. we all are alone together yeah. so well, and that's why I love how our whole, like, tagline yeah. is, it's okay to not be okay, yeah. you know, at the jar, so. Absolutely. We all got our stuff. There's, like, three or four of them that I always, like, I, I love the, like, what our motto is, like, loving people into a relationship with Jesus mm. Christ. I don't know why that one has always stayed with me. Yeah. Um, just, like, what that, I think Chris said something one time that, uh because we were talking about that motto, and he said something that I always, I don't know, I just thought was really funny. He goes, we'll do anything short of sin to try mm. to care for people and love for people. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is a very unique way of, yeah. of saying it, you know. Mm. Yeah, it sounds corny, like, uh, mm. talking about, oh, let's love everybody, but, like, yeah, nothing could, uh, mm. nothing could be better than that, right? Yeah, it's better than, like, Scare people into a relationship with Christ or beat Fear. them into a relationship yeah. with Christ. Beat people into a relationship. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. Let's go ahead. Bribe them into a relationship with Christ. I feel like all these are golden I- golden ticket ideas. <laughs> so maybe we should consider uh, talking to Chris and changing our motto. There you go. Bribe people in Christ, beat people. Um, what's another one? Scare them. Scare them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I like that. Scary. Intimidate people. them. Intimidate. Threaten. Blackmail. <laughs> blackmail. This is yeah. our new evangelism strategy, guys. If anyone needed to know what evangelism meetings look like, it's this right here. <laughs> How can we get people in a church? Dig up as much dirt as you can on people. And then, uh, yeah. And yeah. if that doesn't work, offer on lazy boy seats on the stage. Um, yeah. At gunpoint. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> uh, well, so talk that, about weird church experiences. On that note, what's a verse that you really have near and dear to your heart? Oh man! Now this could be this could be anything. I, I typically mm-hmm. ask everybody this. So Emily, so like, what's something that um, it could be like your word or like your verse for the year? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's for the month, the week, the day. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Probably going back to like my favorite verse, like almost my life verse. Um, is I believe it's John seventeen three. I could be wrong about that, but it's um, this is eternal life um, to know God, and uh, that's always stuck with me. Of like people get excited about like oh heaven one day, and there'll be like mansions and gold streets. And to me, it's been like just knowing God. That's heaven. Like we can have that here and now. That's everything you know to have a relationship with Him. Yeah. So. Yeah, that one means a lot to me. Emily, thank you so much for being with us today and, like, mm. just uh, sharing the weird areas of your heart here for everybody to hear. We just <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, one last question before you go. Mm. If you could associate any voice uh, with the voice of God in your mind of what he sounds like, what would you associate his voice with? Oh, my goodness. Probably Caleb. What? Caleb is the voice of God. <laughs> this Caleb? Uh-huh. Oh, you can do better than that. <laughs> you, can do, you can do better than that. Uh, or, let's see, maybe Barney? 
I know I said, like, thank you, I was wrapping it up, but we're going to go a little bit longer. Oh, gosh. So, like, he, is that your last answer, or do you have more outside of Barney? Because I have questions on the Barney thing. I'm not going to let that <laughs> we'll go. We'll go with the Barney thing, yeah. Okay, well, the first one, uh, the first question I have with that is uh, why? Why Barney? He's just like... You know, when you're a little kid and you're and you need to feel loved, who do you mm-hmm. think of? You think of Barney. I love you. You love me. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're a happy family. That it makes sense in that capacity, but outside of that, <laughs> in every other facet of life or uh, reality, that just seems weird. <laughs> like, uh, weird. but being being like an adult, um, uh-huh. who else? <laughs> <laughs> outside of Barney, because uh, the voice the of weird God. one in Yeah. You know what? I think John Bunch. You know, he's got that deep, like, fatherly voice. He has one of those voices, I would say, like, similar to uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Like, some people, I think, were put on this earth to narrate a book. Yeah, uh, definitely. That is his whole life purpose. Yeah. And I don't know if he's done it yet, but maybe hearing this, he'll decide to do that. I hope so. So, I'm glad we were able to to figure out the Barney uh, God thing. That was good stuff. You'll never get that image out of your head. No. (laughs) Never. All right. So thank you so much, Emily. We appreciate it. We we appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) 